So good morning, everybody. Um, welcome to today's Strategy Cafe. Um, this is our third in a series of weekly strategy cafes that we are doing on managing the COVID-19 crisis as a leader. Um, so welcome. Um, it feels almost impossible at the moment to prioritise issues um, and the needs of the business um, you know, can feel like they're changing daily. So um, this webinar is about uh, ranking those issues um, to help give you a little bit more focus and clarity. Um, so it's a really good prioritization tool is issue ranking. Um, our colleague Alice has done a fantastic video on it. And today we're just going to give a little bit more discussion around the tool. Um, so we want to just use this live webinar to discuss its application, um, join in the conversation um, and do ask questions. Um, there is a conversations area so that you can put in questions. Um, so I'm guessing you've um, signed up because you're interested in this. So you might have a question today. So please just um, pop them in the questions area. I think Nick is in charge of uh, questions. So um, he'll be collecting them and we can sort of tackle them as we go. Um, so let me introduce everybody who's on today. So um, I'm Rosanna and I'm going to be um, walking you through the presentation and then we've also got Nick and David who are also online. Hi everybody. Morning. So just before we get going it's just a little reminder that this is being recorded so we'll up load it to our YouTube channel afterwards. So if you enjoy it and think it's worth sharing, then please do share with uh, your team, people that you know. It really, would be really happy to see it being shared. So um, please do so. And we'll let you know when it's up online and you can share. So issue ranking. Um, so COVID-19 has posed an immediate threat to all of us at home and at work and distractions are everywhere. And one of the key things to think about is how do you sort of get through that challenge, cut through the distraction and make sure that you're tackling the right issues in the right order at the right time. And so it can feel a little puzzling. Um, so we thought the Rubik's Cube is a nice metaphor here. Um, I think it's about perseverance and focus. And so you solve one side and then you solve the middle. Um, but I think it's about just working through that complexity um, and not trying to do too much at any one time. Um, just a little side point, and I don't know how many pub quizzes you're all doing online, but does anyone know the world record for the Rubik's Cube? Um, it was a pub quiz question I got um, last week. So. Um, um, I have the answer, so submit your answers and I'll let you know what the um, answer is at the end. Um, so, what's the first step in issue ranking? Um, so, I guess the first problem is that we may be facing is, so what are all the issues? Um, so, yes, it's about prioritising the issues, but we've got to work out what all of those issues are that you're facing are right now first. So 
um, for those of you who know Alembic well, you know that we are big advocates of the mind map and it's just a really good way of collecting all the key issues that you're facing and just keep going, try and fill your page of all the things that you're currently facing and don't, at this first stage, try and sort of compare the issues. So this first step is just about getting everything on one piece of paper um, and not starting to prioritise, which you may be tempted to do. Um, it's also helpful just to share. So share with your team, share with people around you. Um, and there's some really good software that allows you to do that online as well. So um, the start point is to just work out what all the issues are and just collect them all. Um, there's a secondary problem here, though, is that how do we know um, what the real issues are? And what we're really talking about there is root cause. Um, so what are the root causes of all these issues that we're talking about? So once you've completed your mind map, including all of the issues that you've captured, it is worth spending time getting to the root of those issues. Um, so rather than surface level so um, a really simple technique to get to the root cause is what we call five whys and it is as simple as it sounds so just asking yourself why five times so um, a typical problem might be at the moment that sales are drying up and so the first why well, the first answer to why is um, perhaps we can't sell online and so we so why is that so second why why can't we sell online so perhaps we're not set up to we don't have the digital channels um, or the infrastructure to support online so then you go to your third why why is that um, and so actually the question or the answer there is about were we doing enough to think about um, digital channels when face-to-face channels were working so maybe um, we haven't taken it seriously enough maybe it hasn't been part of the strategic conversations um, so the point here is that if you as you start to ask more questions about why you get to more of the the root of the issue um, and I thought this might be quite a nice way to stop um, for some questions um, just on how you get to the root cause. Yeah, I've, I've got a query for you, Rosanna. I, I know often when I do a mind map, there's a, there's a, there's a huge amount of information, uh, often on a whiteboard like this one behind me, where there's, there's so much detail, it's very difficult to discover which, even after asking the five whys, uh, how do you know when you've actually reached the root cause and that's the, 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 the one thing that you've got to focus on? Yeah. Um... I think it's a really good question and um, it, sometimes it can feel like you're going around in a loop um, and you sort of perhaps are coming back to the same thing. Um, so watch out for that looping. I guess to answer your question, um, the way that I think about it is once you've got to a place that you think is the root cause, just ask yourself, so if that was the root cause of the issue, um, and you solved that. So in my example, if you were to have had the conversation about digital channels earlier at board and sort of thought about the risk of not having digital channels, if you were to look at that and solve that issue, would that stop it from happening in the future? So I think as as you get to the point where you're thinking, which one is it? Um, if that was the root cause, then that would be what would solve the issue from happening again in the future. Um, Nick? you might have some things to add. 
yeah i i like that i think that's right and so it's the it's the um the salience of the uh, root cause that you've got to if, it, if it's a fix it's the right one but um my experience with this just like a experiential comment because um, Firewise is a great tool and it um, really forces you to dig down um as as a leader and with other leaders i've uh, often found that when something isn't working my starting position uh is to be um you know frustrated annoyed um you know wondering why that has gone wrong or why that hasn't happened you know there's always that body response first where you get a negative feeling about it and you translate that into a negative emotion and just say yeah that's just really annoying why hasn't that why haven't, why haven't they done that you know what i mean um so a classic leadership response and then five wise is a really good tool because it's self-reflective um and uh, over the years my experience of it and i think a lot of people will be the same is you move from what we would call external locus control something has happened in this system that isn't working to what we would call internal locus control oh it turns out that i didn't do this and it, it for me it's always rooted back to me so i know i've got the root cause when i realized what i didn't do three months ago to make this happen in the right way as a leader that's my my answer to this is it nearly always comes back to me in the end and i realize i've got some flaw and you know i've got to do some learning here and um, i've just got to get back out there and get the message going and get it sorted in the right way that doesn't mean i have to do it do you know what i mean I've, my leadership has been at fault at some in some way yeah. um so it's a painful tool the five whys i find yeah, don't be afraid <laughs> <laughs> but painful but in a healthy way yeah so I think you've got to make sure, the point here is that you've got to make sure you're, you're tackling the right issues. So not just getting the surface level issues, right? You've just got to go and ask yourself the question and be prepared for what the answer might be. Um, so once you've um, captured all your issues and you've got to the root cause, um, I guess the first step in prioritizing then is about um, um, filtering and starting to prioritize. So um, you may know Pareto as the 80-20 rule. Um, so that's what it's more commonly known as. And um, the Pareto principle or the 80-20 rule is based on the premise that um, if 80% of the problems that we are facing right now um, are due to 20% 20, 20 of the possible causes. So I guess the question here is, um, which 20% of your issues that you've identified, if solved, would give you 80% of the impact. So not everything is equal. So just because you um, spend 20% of your time on something, it doesn't give you 20% of the impact back. So some of it might be really fulfilling. And the point here is just to focus on the 20% of the, the vital few issues that are going to give you the most impact. Um, so that's like 80 20 lots of analysis um and i think the point here is just get to the vital view um and we often use this in our facilitations just by getting people to pick their top three in terms of what's going to deliver the most impact um so you can just do a simple vote um so it says here to filter out the top five issues so maybe you want um what are your top five um um, questions on Pareto? I think we had some come in. Um, I uh, love Pareto. Um, and I think what you're saying to me 
which I totally get, is that A, I don't have to solve 100%. So that's start to start with. Say I don't have to solve 100% of the problem. That's magic. So you've you said like solve 80, right? So, okay, I'll take that. And then the second thing you said to me is I only need to solve 20 to get 80. So what you've done is you've taken me from worrying about 100 to think I can get 80 by just focusing on 20. So I'm in. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so um, I guess, you know, the question is, is it applicable always? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. um, I, th I think it is. And I think actually, I think we, we sometimes get overwhelmed, like you say, with the 100 percent. And um, I, I think it just gives it is quite liberating that thought of just having the 20 percent to focus on. But yes, we should be constantly prioritizing. And I think if you're a leader of a business, you'll know what it feels like to constantly prioritize and having to say yes to some things, but no to quite a lot of other things. Um, and so whether you're in a crisis situation, whether you're talking about issues or whether you're even talking about opportunities, even on the flip side, if you're thinking about opportunities and growth areas, actually, it's the same principle arises about how much effort you're exerting into something and what impact that you're getting out of it. So it is worth spending time um, thinking about what the impact is going to be um, because it's not all equal. So I, I would say just everywhere you should be 80 20 20ing it. Yeah, so we've done this, haven't we, Rosanna? We've um we've done whole organization change just using my map Pareto and like some sort of decision making exercise like a force field or something like that, just together with a one page plan. So I think um like a good methodology for people out there is to get all of your second level leaders um, you know, tooled up with just these sort of three or four tools, everyone using the same methodology. Um yeah. you can pretty much use it everywhere. And it allows people to chunk, chunk the problem up. And so what you have to do is take the dimension of time into this and think, okay, look, for a month, we're just gonna focus on these three things, get them completely fixed, and then we can come back and do the analysis again. So you're not yeah. dropping stuff, you can come back to it. Yeah, I just picking up on that, um, it's really, so when you're talking about um, organizational issues, you may have a, a big team around you, maybe the second tier down, uh, sort of wanting to talk about the 100%. And yes. it's quite difficult when you're having a conversation, quite strategic conversations at board level, and then you've got quite a lot of the 100% chat coming through. So this is just a really good, good principle to talk to everybody in your organization about, because I think the 100%, it becomes a distraction. And it's, it, as you say, Nick, it is about getting focused. And I think actually, when people are talking about issues, they want to talk about everything that's um, not actually what they want. They actually want to work on the 20% and actually start doing that. So yeah. I think it's a helpful principle to share with your team as well, so that it turns from talking about the 100% of the problems to delivering on the 20%. David, you were saying? Yeah, yeah I, I just think it, it, it's fantastic, both on, a, on a, a quite a high level organisational change being strategic, but I also find it a really handy tool as well on a daily basis just to get to crunch through those key things on a Monday morning when you're facing five days ahead of you. What are the things that are going to give me the biggest bang for the buck this week? Uh, and what are those things that I can just peel away and actually push them over to the next week? I was going to make a shout yeah. out here. So have either of you two ever used um, Pareto and Five Wise together? Just like um, like a cool tool combo, Pareto first and then five wise. What do you think? 
must have done. I'm trying to think of an example, but I must have done. I can't believe I haven't. Um, I'm just thinking back to Rosanna's earlier point, which is like, um, how do you know when you've got to the root cause? And um, one of the things she said, it's um, it's something you can action, and it feels like it's a good part. You know, it's it's it, it is part of the solution. And quite often, I think when you do this, you're still getting to generalization. So that's kind of my thought process that even with Pareto, the 20% you identify can still be not actionable. Yeah, I quite like using it in the way that I've set out because I think doing five whys first is <clears throat> sometimes a more helpful focus on right. the issue. And then it's interesting, <clears throat> excuse me, it's interesting then to see actually how many root causes are there. And if there's still quite a few root causes, then to use Pareto. But it might be um, just when you looked at the root causes that actually there's only a handful anyway, and actually you don't need a Pareto. So I think I like using five whys. And then if there's still quite a lot of stuff to um, sift through, then to use Pareto. But at least you first had the conversation about what's really important and what's really going on so I like it in that order because um, I think it focuses the conversation a little okay. bit I think that's really yeah. smart yeah um I was just going to make a point here though, that we're going to move on but um just don't worry too much about the 80 20 so if, if you're quite analytical or if you've got analytical people in your team it's um, like the obsession may become about what's the 80 percent and what's the 20 percent and we should do loads of analysis on that i think the point here is just actually what's most important and it's a balance between analysis and just getting on with it so um it's about being agile and doing making sort of quick little steps and you'll probably know sort of which key things are your biggest levers to pull so um sometimes get asked a question about the analysis of this um, and so don't worry too much about if it's 20% or 25% it's just about making sure you're working on the the biggest impact um so the next problem you might find is how do you then compare very different issues? So I've looked at my root cause of issues. I've sort of mapped them all out. I've got the root cause. I've paretoed them. So I've got like a handful. And then the, you've got these sort of five issues. And the question is, how do I then compare these very two different issues? Um, because that just feels quite difficult. Um, so you have to think about what criteria you want to use to sort of measure and sort of measure the impact on improving these issues so a question is what are the two drivers of your decision at the moment and so the answer to that might be quite a helpful way of thinking about what your criteria could be <clears throat> another question would be well what do you want to change most in the business right now and the answer to the to this could be your criteria in which you're looking at your issues so um, some examples could be we've got here sustainable competitive advantage, it could be impact on cash flow, it could be impact on profit, it could be how much does that improve our customer experience, um, it could be about implementation, so how quickly can we get that done. Um, so there's all sorts of different criteria um, that you can use to help assess how you're going to solve those issues. Um, just stopping on this slide for questions. Um, just maybe throwing a comment, just a, um, a live one on that. So with one of our clients um, uh, going through a fairly significant um, cost out 
planning at the moment and the uh, decision make, uh, matrix criteria we've used are um, impact on cash, obviously. Um, then we've gone for flexibility. So that's, uh, does it build in an agility so that we can respond to changing circumstances or does it permanently change things? So we prefer flexible. Um, and then we've gone for, um, is it in accordance with our values? Uh, which I think is a really powerful one. And then the final one we've gone for is, um, um, uh, does, it, does it protect our long-term plan? So, so those are the those are the four criteria we've been using live, and we found that incredibly helpful, just to have those four criteria against all of the cost reduction decisions we've had to take. Yeah, um, and so just I think it, you know, you're scoring the the your issues against these two different criteria. Um, yeah. I'm I'm curious to ask um, people who are listening, maybe you could just put in the comments area what the key um factors are so what would be your criteria um what are what would be your um criteria for some of the issues that you're looking at sort of working on just sort of put in the box maybe we can sort of see what everybody's views are on this uh there's one question just come in just saying here and more examples will be really helpful i think your slide next slide is going to show show an example of how to use it um yeah and um, maybe you can um, uh, respond there then. So everyone put, put more questions in now or put your criteria in what you're using. Yeah, so I might just flick ahead actually. So um, if it's helpful just to go further forward, um, ultimately what we're doing is going to put this into a table. So um, once you, so on the left hand side, we've got all those factors. So they're, they're things that have come out of your mind, mind map and then you've pervetoed them. So they're the key issues that you're facing down the left hand side. And then what we're going to do with each of those issues, so you might have identified quality at the moment, quality at the moment's an issue, profitability is an issue, um, and we're not growing as quickly as we want to, our marketing is poor and our range of project product, products is limited so they're all the issues that we've identified first and then when we talk about criteria these are the things that we're going to um, assess each of those issues against so the criteria in this example is helping us to survive so a key factor in our decision making at the moment is is this going to help us to for business continuity and the second criteria in this example is that does it add more value to the customer um, so we're going to be think those are the two criteria that you've selected but it could be anything so it could be about <clears throat> how easy would that be to solve so you're scoring um, the, the quality of your product on how easy it is to um, resolve um, it could be on how much would if you were to solve product quality is that going to help on cash flow um, and you can really try using different criteria and possibly in the context of now when you're going through um, the context of our decision making has changed um, your your decisions might be um, you might be using different criteria to make your decisions so um, what you're doing is just choosing your um, factors um choosing your criteria and then you're going to score in each of the tables do we have more questions on that nick and uh, not yet we can go back and answer the different examples in a second yeah 
So once you've picked your two criteria, which are on this slide, helping you to survive and adding value to customer, we're going to now score each issue against the two criteria. So you're going to score that out of 10 um, and 10 having a really high impact and one being a low impact. So um, how much would improving our quality help us to survive? How much would improving our quality add more value to the customer? So if the impact on each of those things is high, then you're scoring that a high number. And if it's a low impact, then you would score it a low number. Um, so once you fit your two criteria, it's just about putting it into the table and scoring them. So you end up with something that looks like this. Um, and um, what you're doing is then just adding it up. So you can see here, once you've scored each, um, you then add them up into the total. So here we've got range of product, products and profitability are the two issues that by going through the process, we've identified are the top two issues that we have identified that we want to go and solve because they are going to have the biggest impact um, in terms of solving those. So they're going to help us to survive and they're going to add more value to our customers. And so they are the two highest scoring and so we should go and look at those first. I've got, a, I've got a query for you on this one. Um, you've got in a close third place, you've got both quality and marketing here, and they're pretty high ranking scores by comparison to growth. Mm -hmm. um, how much attention should those two factors get in the scheme of things? Um, so all we're doing is just giving things a number. And so um, you're quite right to point out that they're quite close in score and this often happens actually um i think where you've got close um or scores that are close together it's really good just to take a step back and go actually um our profitability and the range of products the, the two key issues that we want to to solve here um and i guess intuitively you, you will know whether they're, they're the right things. Um, there's a great test that we use um, and share called the coin toss test, which you might know about, um, which is basically um, using the coin, flipping it and whatever you assign. Um, right, we're going to go for a range of products first. You flip the coin. Heads is we're going to go for it. Um, tails is we'll go for marketing instead. And then you reveal that what is heads. And that means, yes, we're going for the range of products. And then you have an intuitive response to what the coin says um, so I think use tapping into your intuition because this is like the analysis of it is this table and the scoring but I think you have to come back to your intuition um, the other point I want to make is that this is a prioritization tool so it's not about saying we're going to ignore quality and we're going to ignore marketing it's just what are we going to do first so just going back to the Rubik's Cube you've got to sort of work out are you going to do the corners first or one side first or the center and you've just got to start somewhere and this is just helpful in terms of working out what you're going to start looking at first um, it's nice to come back to it the day after you've done it, just to sort of check in on the scores. And just pick up a couple of other examples while we're here. I know we're short on time, but I throw one in, which is, so here, you know, this um, is quite high level. The factors will be operational probably for most of these exercises. Um, and so they might have different issues down the left and they might be more specific. They could also be at corporate. Um, 
so for example, a good example would be if you are thinking about um, acquisitions a little bit further down the track, if you've got cash now and you're looking for growth opportunities and prices are lower, acquisitions might be a good plan, you know, in December, you know, uh, towards the start of next year. And so um, the table might be about, um, you know, ranking the priority order of your acquisition targets. And uh, so return on investment, strategic fit, uh, you know, there'll be a series of different uh, uh, criteria to, to look at there. Yeah, and I think it comes back to what is actually driving your decision at the moment and what's your context. And so and that that is not only different between businesses, but it's also different in terms of the context you're facing at the moment and how you're responding to particularly COVID-19. So yeah. it's about what you're trying to solve. Uh, Joanna's just posted up a great comment, actually, and I agree. Uh, she liked the analysis, but then the coin flip test is good at the end. I think that's true because it accesses your intuition. Yeah. Um, so you're sort of checking in on something more unconscious in yourself about what, what feels right. Maybe your experience over years is telling you something more than the analysis. And I think that's yeah. a really important just to check in because a lot of business decisions ultimately do come down to intuition. So I feel like that's a good, it's a great point that she makes. It's a good balance between the analysis and the intuitive. Yeah. And often, Nick, we would advise clients to come back to this the next day. So um, because you get wrapped up in scoring things and thinking about what number it's in, should it be a seven or should it be an eight? And I think just coming back to it the next day, it goes yes or no. And you'll have an immediate reaction to whether they are the right two things. So um, it's sometimes good not to leave it too long, but just sort of having time away from it and coming back to it is awful. Gives you a helpful perspective as well. One last point, I think, for me, which I think transitions into your last slide. I know we're short on time. Um, guys, we're going to stay on for 10 minutes or so, so put more questions in if you want to. But I think Rosanna's close to wrapping up. My question here is about um, what if at this point you still have disagreement? And I just wanted to add to it, to Davo's point earlier about do we do quality, do we do marketing, which you've already answered, right? But um, for me, part of this is about focusing resources right now and getting a full fix. And you have to bear in mind the change success model, which asks for leadership support. So the highest ranking numbers tell you that there's the most political support behind those items. And so they're more likely to get done. So that's the key point here. You'll get more weight behind those and the score tells you that. Um, but what if you haven't got that, Rosanna? What if at this point and after the coin toss test, you still got conflict? Yeah. Um, you know, you just, you're disagreeing about what's the priority. Um, so I, I think ultimately that's a, um, a, a conversation that needs to be had. And the next week's session is going to be all about having those difficult conversations. But just just quickly to answer it, I think it's about fight. It's about compromise. So all of leadership is about compromise. And so you have to find the compromise. Um, I do think taking a step back is helpful for everybody. So you see things differently the next day. Um, but it's about sort of where you ultimately, if we're going to make this is about identifying where we're going to focus our efforts. So um, if it's if it's range of projects that we're 
products that we're designing on, we've all got to get behind that. And so it's not going to work if there is a disagreement. So it's about compromise. It might be seeking to understand a little bit more about why the other person doesn't think that. Um, so I think that's a further conversation to have. But I think in times like this, it's also important just to sort of be accepting that we all have to make compromises. And sometimes we're not going to, especially as a leadership team, um, actually, it's also important just to take a step forward and start implementing. Um, we've got um, a great session next week, which goes through loads of different tips for handling difficult conversations. Um, and I think there's a, a video online already, which sort of goes through those. So you can, after this, you can go through, through and watch that little short video. But I think it's about finding compromise um, and sort of working through just to try and get into implementation and not discussing it too much. Um, so just to summarize, um, it's a great prioritization tool. So make sure you're to try and make sure you're working on the right issues at the right time, particularly when at the, t at the moment resources, cash and time might not be on your side. Um, we'll be sharing a record of this um, video. Um, next time it's on difficult conversations. Um, the pressure's on, emotions are high and stakes are high. You might be faced with having to have difficult conversations at the moment and appreciate that is really difficult for everybody. Um, we've recorded a sort of short video on sort of Petra Kucha style, which shares some tips. Um, and then next week, we're going to be as a team discussing our thoughts and the guys are just going to chip in with some additional tips and we're just going to have a, um, a discussion around that. Um, so that's next week. So it's going to be on having difficult conversations. Um, these are my contact details. Um, if you, I really encourage you to have a go at doing the issue ranking table. And if you do it and you want to send it to me, then I would love to see it. So they're my contact details. Um, and, um, you know, it's about, okay, what do you do next once you've identified that's what we're gonna do? So I'd be very happy to have that conversation with you and follow up and see how you're getting on. So um, yeah, stay in touch and keep me posted on how you're getting on. So that's gonna wrap up sort of the, the webinar, but as Nick said, we'll stay on, answer some questions um, for a few minutes or so if you have questions for us. So thank you very much for joining us. Has everyone, has anyone got questions? Um, put them up in the oh, question area. <coughs> I've also um, just realised, um, if anybody um, was wondering what the record is for the Rubik's Cube, um, <laughs> and, uh, did we get any post ups, Nick? No. Um, 3.47 seconds. Which Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> Um, just want to add it, Nick, guys. I'll, I'll uh, follow up this webinar with a, an email out to um, all the attendees with the tools that we've used um, and an invite to next week's session if you want to join us. So um, keep an eye out for that. Um, so just while we're waiting, there might be one or two questions from the audience. We have got a guest. We got a guest from uh, one of our guests today saying eight seconds. Pretty close. I think that's a good guess. Um, uh, I mean, even eight seconds, it's just mind-boggling, isn't it? It is mind modeling. Um, uh, I was going to just talk about one thing, which is the style of conversation. So uh, we're just ending up there talking about, um, you know, crucial conversations. And next week's session is about getting those right. But um, I've always really liked the NLP uh, presupposition, which is the meaning of communication is the response that you get. Um, 
which I think is a profound statement. Um, I think unpacking it, it, it implies that uh, if you think you've communicated clearly, but the answer that comes back from the other person is a surprise or isn't what you're expecting, you've definitely got it wrong. And you're still <laughs> holding responsibility for that. And I think for me, the key thing there is 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 um, more about listening to response than thinking about your own commentary. It's getting out of your head and more into the people in the room's heads. And then my additional point to that is just listening to you today, Rosanna. I really like the idea of facilitation on this because it um, is a different sort of conversation than around the table, and both are really valuable. But uh, facilitating a mind map just allows everyone to contribute in a really different way, and I think that's quite lively and quite good. Mm. Any thoughts on that? I think you I think I just to add to that I think it's um I think it's really important to um where there is disagreement just go that's really interesting why does that person see things so differently to me and um we have a natural um tendency to see think that everybody sees the world the, the way that we see it and yeah. actually if we could just try and understand the way that other people see it and isn't it just interesting for a moment that somebody sees something so differently to me and why is that and I think start those conversations with curiosity rather than um, a sense of I don't know defensiveness or frustration or um, you know yeah so on that not patience I think you've just got to be patient and try and work out what the other person why, on, on why they point. Um, uh, our teacher on this from years and years back, Paul Hotwood, you guys know, but the audience might not know, he's a great guy. Um, I remember him teaching this point um, back in the noughties, I think this was. And uh, when you're doing your mind map and you've got your burrito, you know, getting burrito, and so maybe have a five, four, three, two, one, or something like that. And you'll sometimes find that one person has marked one item of five and no one else. It's like a desert, there's no one else there. Everyone else is clustered and it's all like fairly obvious what the group thinks is, but one person has put five on one random item and everyone's going, oh, he's crazy. You know, that dude there just has not got a clue or she's like, what, is she, what planet is she on? And he said to me, it's really important in that moment to ask that person why they've marked that at five because they've seen something that no one else in the room has seen. I think that's a really good yeah. point. Yeah, uh, my, my experience well, yeah. of mind maps is them, that people find them really empowering. Uh, the ability to contribute in, in, in their own language just gives them the platform to be heard. And so I've, I've, yeah. I've, my experience is it's an incredibly uplifting experience. Yeah, and it breaks down the monotony of the roundtable chat, right? Um, mm. in the potential for someone to dominate that, whatever. Yeah. Okay, guys, uh, so up. I think the tip there is just, um, you know, when you when you it's start with a question, not an opinion. Right. So um, you might disagree, but when you start with a question, not stating your opinion um, and it just encourages a slightly different conversation. So, yeah, um, I think that's helpful. So are there any more questions coming in? No, I can I see people are still online. Are, um, yeah. yeah. All but right. Well, thank you, you all. For... Yeah. Thank you to everybody for coming online. Um, and um, we'll send you a recording straight afterwards today. So hopefully see you next week um, and have a great day. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Richard. Thanks, Joanna. Thank you, Bert.
Okay, bye everyone.